Warning, anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion, and enjoy. where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I am merely a hollow vessel of confusion and distaste. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. And let's get started. Alright, Remington, how are you feeling today? You know, we have a whopping streak of one good anime under our belts, and so hope was the word of, of last week. Uh, this week, uh, my word is... Oh, dear God, please let it not be awful. <laughs> well, the thing is, Remington... Things are already looking bad. It's not that it's bad. It's just that there's a slight premonition to what you're saying. Oh. So, Remington, I've got a question for you. And right. it may seem irrelevant, but trust me, it has major relevance. I don't like this, where this is going already. How would you describe a gremlin? <laughs> Like, are we, okay, are we talking about, like, the gremlins, like, the great cinematic masterpiece gremlins, which traumatized me when I was a child, or sort of, like, troll-looking creatures, uh, of, of varying sizes, sometimes they're, like, hobbit size, sometimes they're plush size, uh, something uh, along those lines. Yeah, just your overall impression of what you think a gremlin is. Yeah, I would say, uh, oh god, we're gonna have a sexy gremlin. I would define gremlins as mostly ugly, sort of disjointed, disfigured, uh, perhaps of a different color skin. There's gonna be a sexy gremlin. God damn it. All well, right, let's, not necessarily. Let's, oh yeah, of course not, yeah. I'll... What about their temperament? What do you think a gremlin's temperament is? Like, what do they like? What are they... Uh, they, they'd probably, uh, have a pretty short fuse, pretty easily, uh, angered. Though I may be being horribly racist to all gremlins out there. I, I think that they would be relatively simple-minded, I mm. think. Yeah, so... When I think of a gremlin, I, of course, always think of the hit film from the 80s, because, you know, yeah. that's the way I think of it. So, to me, a gremlin is a small, upsetting creature that loves snacks, basically. That movie gave me nightmares for literal months, because <laughs> I saw it when I was, like, five. It was not good. If we're watching that, I'm leaving the room. Uh, little known fact, the hit 80s film Gremlins <laughs> is actually an anime. Uh, but you didn't see that one coming. Gremlin is, is going in the halls, right, with Harry Potter as my <laughs> favorite animes of all time. <laughs> Okay, but in all seriousness, today is going to be an anime about a what I like to call a gremlin. Okay. The anime itself does not refer to it as a gremlin, but I feel like my statement accurately represents it. Small, loves snacks, and is annoying. Okay, okay. Uh, so, Remington, I'm going to show you a picture of one of the characters in the show, uh, and I want you to tell me what you think. For a podcast where our listeners are not able to see these pictures, Absolutely. we are using a lot of pictures. But nonetheless, I will do my duty of describing what I see. All right, if this is 
the gremlin, it is definitely a, a cute gremlin. I'm looking at a picture of just very normal looking schoolgirl. She's blonde, she's blushing, she's smiling. Like if you Googled anime schoolgirl, don't Google anime schoolgirl. <laughs> if you were to Google that with safe search on, this is the picture I imagine you would see. Okay, okay. And what about this character? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, it seems the picture I am now seeing it seems like it might be the same girl, but she is uh, very small, shrunken down with a bag of chips. She seems to uh, either really want food or to be really satisfied with food she just ate. Oh boy. All right. So for those of you who have been as deeply ingrained in the anime community as I am, you can probably guess what we're going to be talking about today. And I hate it. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting one that right off the bat you hate. Not one you're used to like. Not one that you mildly enjoy or, or, or are okay with. We're getting to one that you hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. So the show that we're going to be talking about today. I like it already. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> is a show called Himoto Umaru-chan. Himoto Umaru-chan. Yes. Is there an English translation that I can, I well, can use on that? Kind of. Oh. So Umaru-chan is what you're looking at right now. Okay, that is an Umaru-chan. A gremlin, probably. Yeah, most accurate description I can make of it. But Himoto is kind of a weird word, all right? So it's kind of a slang term, nickname kind of made for the show. Okay. Himoto is little sister or little sibling, basically. Okay. But so they, you got a little sister gremlin. Yeah. And they threw the he at the beginning, H-I type of thing. So Himoto, which is a slang term that is best believed to be derived from the other slang term called Himono Ona. Okay. Ona is woman in Japanese, and himono is dried food, usually meaning dried fish. <laughs> have I lost you? I, um, <laughs> very much so. So we have a good dried food fish little sister gremlin. That's my kind of. favorite direction. Uh, that's my favorite kind of person. Yeah, okay, so it's a little more complicated than that. I don't know the exact origins of it, but a himono ona is basically a uh, woman or girl who uh, when they're out in public they seem nice they seem perfect they have a face on that just makes them seem like you know a nice reasonable person but the second they cross the threshold of their front door they become absolute slobs and like no caring for any kind of formality basically just lazy like so already and you don't even need to confirm this because i am 100 percent confident in this this is going to be somebody's kink there's going to be a lot of people weirdly interested in this idea i feel i probably yeah. i haven't looked into it this time thank uh, god because my search history suffered enough from last time <laughs> but in this case, yeah, it's kind of what the show is about. It's about this character, Umaru-chan. Umaru-chan. Who is, for all intents and purposes, a gremlin. But on the outside, when she's out of the house, she seems to be this perfect, wonderful person. Great at sports, gets the best grades, just overall popular person, seems innocent and lovable. This is such a strange direction. All of the others, I've like had a basic idea of all of the components that you have been describing. For this one, I think I am more confused than I've ever been. Not because I don't understand what you're telling me, but because I don't know where this all goes. 
Well, that would be the same for me a bit as well. Ah, damn. So, you know, you got this perfect example of a high school student. Yep. Of course, though, when she gets home, turns out she's kind of the scum of the earth. (laughs) Yeah. At least, that's what I think. Uh Uh-huh. This is one of those weird anime that kind of sparked a bit of a controversy when it came out a couple years ago. Ooh, controversy. It's one of those either, oh my god, this is perfect, Umaru-chan is adorable, I wish I could live her lifestyle, versus Ah. this is an abomination gremlin that should be purged from the face of the earth. Okay, and and given how you have described it so far, I take it you are in the latter camp of things. Oh yeah, yeah, and you'll understand why once we actually sit down and watch it, but I have a couple reasons for choosing this anime today. Okay. Um, so last time, if you remember, we watched Mirai Nikki. Yep. You know, very dark, very complicated, very visceral in its storytelling. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, got a lot of dark themes. It was very heavy-handed in a lot of places. It made you think a little bit. It was nice. And so this is going to be the exact opposite. Basically. (laughs) Perfect. This is what you'd probably best describe as a slice-of-life comedy. Okay, so we're gonna it's gonna be light, fluffy, happy, etc. Yeah, and it's gonna have some funny moments in theory. <sighs> I'll be honest, uh we we've had a few anime that have described themselves as comedies, and so far only the one that didn't describe itself as a comedy has actually made me sincerely laugh. Mm-hmm. So I'm skeptical. Yeah, the big reason why a lot of people really dislike this anime is because it's basically that Umaru-chan is probably the worst example of a human being ever, (laughs) but she can get away with it because she's a cute girl. Ah. Which, of course, being a not-cute girl myself, kind of makes it a little difficult for me. It's like, when I sit down and, you know, chug cola and eat potato chips, people don't think I'm cute. (laughs) They think I'm a lazy bum who needs to get out and, you know, do something. Yeah, there's a double standard. Exactly. See, fortunately, as I am a cute girl, I uh, already resonate with uh, Umaru-chan. Yes. Umaru-chan. Me and Umaru-chan, we are in sync. Yeah. And the other reason I wanted to talk to you about this today, aside from a change in tone, is to talk about a very complicated anime term. Okay. That you're going to have to kind of observe and try to understand. Well, fantastic. Uh, Obviously, I've understood everything of anime so far so great, so I see no reason why this complicated term wouldn't go right over my head. So what's the term, Sean? It's a term called moe. Moe. Like moai heads? That's my only frame of reference for anything that sounds vaguely like that. <laughs> no, it's spelled M-O-E. Okay. So Mo, but Mo-A. Mo-A! Yeah, it's like the if the fancy was to talk to, you know, Mo from the Three Stooges. Okay, perfect. So... I feel like I already viscerally understand the term. Yeah, well, wait till I explain it. Uh, so Moe is kind of a debatable term. The one thing that we can agree on is used to describe uh, characters that you want to protect. You think they're cute, they're young, they're innocent, and you think to yourself, oh. I should protect this. Okay. Or like you look at a character and you think, well, that's adorable. That makes my heart, you know, pump a little bit. But I don't think of that in like a romantic uh, relationship type way. Yeah. So like when I see a pug, moe. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. And it's usually attributed to innocent and femininity is usually a good way to 
slap some of that on. It doesn't okay. have to be, though. It doesn't have to have those things, but it does tend to have those Yes, qualities. more often than not. Okay. And this anime is considered one of those anime that has a moe character, or two or three. Uh-huh. And I chose it because I think it's the worst example of moe I could possibly think of. <laughs> Perfect. Last time we had the best example of Yandere. Now we're getting the worst example of Moe. Contrast makes everything come into picture, doesn't it? So you, you've you've described a little bit about uh, the main character. You've described a little bit about some of the tropes and the genre. But what is the plot? What? Who are the other characters? What's going on in this world? Plot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It's basically what I said to you, I'm afraid. It's literally the story of this shut-in girl tormenting her poor older brother who she lives with in a small apartment. What? Uh, yeah, so basically how it goes is Umaru-chan lives with her older brother who is in his mid-twenties and is a working guy, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make his way through life living, and for some reason that isn't really ever explained in the first season, that Umaru-chan came to live with him, his 16-year-old high school student sister. And of course, you know, that's that's fair. Like, maybe they live close to the school and it's more convenient. Yeah. Or maybe there's something wrong with the family and they have to stay together. Yeah, plenty of possible reasons. Of course, they never expound on that. <laughs> Why would you? No. And as time goes on, she becomes more and more of a slob. Okay. And the show starts with us seeing her in her peak slob form. Watching her as she kind of torments her poor, poor brother with her constant laziness, uh, apathy, forcing him to go on errands for her. Basically, just the worst brat of a little sister anybody could ask for. I'm getting, like, okay, to have another non-anime reference, I'm getting, like, a Dexter's Lab type of vibe from this, where the old cartoon where he had Dexter, he's always trying to do a bunch of scientific experiments, work on his stuff, be a great person, even though he was a bit of a jerk, and then his sister would always just come and ruin it and harass him that's sort of the vibe that i'm getting from this yeah but a lot more passively like okay if you look at the apartment you can tell that umaru has completely taken over everything it looks like you know your typical otaku apartment and it's just uh, it's it's painful to watch sometimes why doesn't he just kick her out you can't kick out your little sister <laughs> to hell you can't she, she needs to start cleaning up otherwise she can go back to the potentially dead parents <laughs> they're definitely alive they do confirm that perfect they head back there but again for reasons unknown still living with her like it says umaru chan's the main character i don't think so i think it's the older brother who has to deal with all of her crap and it, we just kind of watch as he tries to kind of figure out ways to get her to be a responsible human being, basically. That's what most of the anime is and where some of the comedy comes in. So it's, you know, it's not anything like overall astounding plot. It's just different situations with Maru-chan and her brother and her two close friends. Is there going to be like a romantic subplot? Is there an overarching goal? Or is this was this mostly like an episodic type thing that you can just tune in wherever you don't really need context for it? A little bit. Uh, the only context you really need is where uh, Umaru-chan's friends get introduced. Like, because of course, outside of her apartment, she appears to be this perfect, pristine, normal girl. So you get some kind of conflict there where she's hiding her true face from them because, you know... Once you start a lie that big, it's kind of hard to stop. But yeah. you think, okay, that could be some interesting conflict, but it's never really addressed. And, you know, you got her uh, two best friends, I suppose you could say, plus her third friend, who I find to be absolutely irritating. But that's a common theme in this show. 
Uh, one is like a really cute, shy girl, more fitting of the term moe, I suppose you could say. And then she has another even shyer girl that looks violent because she doesn't really know how to express her feelings. Another moe type thing. Yeah. You know, and how they interact with Umaru-chan. And oddly enough, there's a weird dynamic where one of the characters doesn't recognize Umaru-chan because she sees the outside face and then she accidentally comes across her inside uh, attire and thinks it's a completely different person. What? Yeah, no, trust me, it's weird and convoluted and it's hard to make sense and I don't even think we'll even get to that part in the show but it's a lot of strange situations being like thrown out but without any real resolution to it. It seems a lot like we focused a lot on very story-driven anime so far, for better or worse. Uh, Even including Rosario Vampire, it had an overarching point, even though I largely accused it of having no plot. But this, in a strange way, it seems more... More in the Western cartoons for, like, 10-year-old tradition where you just have characters and they're just going to be doing things and there might be some overarching things that last, but that is at no point the emphasis. Basically, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah, that, that can be done well. It's and done it successfully. Has, it has been done well in many anime as well. Uh, in this case, though, it's... It's a little painful to watch for me. I'm a little late to the Himoto party because I, you know, just didn't have it as a priority from all the other anime I've had to watch. Yeah. And I picked it up uh, a couple weeks ago just because, well, I have to do some kind of popular anime here and there. I got to do things with controversy for the show. So I thought, okay, let's see how this one is. Apparently a lot of people really love it and it could be really funny. I watch it, and I just get getting angrier and angrier. Okay, well, so, Sean, is there any last things that I definitely need to know before going in to watch this anime? Um, honestly, Remington, it's one of those things that it's hard to describe, <laughs> but let's just say the transition from Perfect Umaru to Umaru-chan, the little gremlin version, is traumatizing. Okay, okay. I'm going to try my best to keep an open mind and to go in this unbiased. We'll see how I feel on the other end. I'm not extremely optimistic, but uh, we will definitely see. All right, let's go watch uh, three or four episodes, hopefully only three, of Umaru-chan. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have just sat through three, count them, three episodes of Himoto Umaru-chan. Now, Remington, I am very curious to hear what you think. What is your opinion of Umaru-chan? Sean, this is our fourth anime that we have watched together for this podcast. A consistent theme of our podcast has been me complaining about a lack of depth. The characters have no depth or the plots aren't as deep as I would like them to be. And last week we had an anime that I finally enjoyed because it encapsulated all of that. And as we discussed in part one, Umaru-chan is the exact opposite. It has no depth. It hardly has any plot to speak of whatsoever. And I liked it. 
I enjoyed it, Sean. You... Oh, oh no. I Honestly, Remington, I think I know what's happened. What's happened? You've been hit by the moe. <laughs> Let me let me acknowledge up front. I do believe that I am a Moe sympathizer, uh, so to speak. <laughs> I believe that that definitely I'm the type of person who can enjoy Moe, which is a bit of a surprise even to me. Yeah. I'll be honest. But that isn't all. I would argue that this show actually has some sincere and genuine merits to it and reasons that I can actually like it beyond it just being cute and adorable. I know, Sean, the face you're giving me, I am more surprised than anybody that I actually enjoyed this fluff anime. Like, I specifically chose this one because I thought, okay, how opposite can I get? Let's see, Mirai Nikki, good anime, great. So I'll choose one that's considered bad by a lot of people, easy. All right, let's see, dark and creepy. Okay, that's all right. Opposite of that, light, fluffy, and uh, heartwarming. Okay, let's go for something like that. Bad, heartwarming, well, that could really only be one thing. Moe, and just to add to the extra bad, I chose one with a character, with well, multiple characters that drive me up a wall because if I was to do any of that stuff, I would be locked up for being a creepy madman. And don't get me wrong, Sean, all of the critiques which you had in part one, I completely agree with. I still think there was absolutely no plot to speak of. I have some problems with a few of the characters, but it's with those faults in mind that I still think that Hamoto Omaru-chan is a good anime. Not a great one, by any means. I'm not saying that I love it, and I don't want to give the impression that it's the best thing ever. Mirai Nikki, still way above. However, Umaru-chan, I'm saying it is a good anime. That is... I knew this was going to be a possibility. Me starting out with an anime that I just despise, and you potentially liking it, but I I didn't think it happened so soon, Remington. Neither did I, Sean. Neither did I. And oddly enough, as we were watching it, some of the things you commented on kind of made me sway my opinion a little bit, which I definitely did not expect to happen. Yeah, so shall we shall we explore further and delve into the benefits, uh, the pros and cons of Hamoto Omaru-chan? All right, so Remington... Let's start with, you know, the most obvious thing, the main important character. You've got the little gremlin that is Umaru-chan. Yep, so uh, Umaru-chan, I totally understand how you talked about how she was a super frustrating character. She gets away with all this stuff. And I definitely think there could be some more interesting elements if she ever got caught. But I was charmed by Umaru-chan. I don't think she's an amazing character, but I definitely enjoy her as a character. You're not going to make her her your waifu for life-u? I'm. You know what? I'm not quite going to go that far, but I will say that I enjoyed her as a character. <laughs> Man, okay, so... Wow. If anything... I really disliked the brother. The brother was my least favorite character throughout. You know what? I can understand that. Based purely on uh, parenting values. Yeah, he joins the long line of, uh, that we are creating of anime guys who are just 
the littlest of bitches. He has no backbone, no spine, he can't do anything for himself, as well as he is so bland and boring. So whenever he's on the screen, he's more annoying than anything, which made Umaru even more of a welcome relief. Which is insanity in and of itself, considering that the little gremlin... Like, I've, I sat down and watched this entire series uh, twice over just to prepare for this, and sitting alone watching this, I just kept hating most of the, uh, the main characters for it, just because of all the constant whining and shitty behavior. Oh yeah, like if you lived with either Umaru or her brother, they would both be terrible roommates to have. You would hate to even have them as friends, frankly, if in their private lives. It's ridiculous, really. And yet, through all that, I still kind of feel bad for him every once in a while just because of all the shitty, shitty things that Umaru does. Oh, yeah. He is abused by his sister. But at the same time, she is just 15 years old. He is providing, and he cannot say no. He is encouraging this terrible behavior, which by no means should it absolve her of any responsibility. However, it has to be acknowledged that he is doing something wrong here. He's supposed to be the adult in that relationship and he is not pulling through. By no means am I expecting him to be the sole reason that she's great. However, even in the anime it shows, she started out fine when she was living with her brother and something happened while she was living with her brother that made her that way. And I can only imagine it's because he had no proper supervision over her. You know what, that's probably the best summary of what that will be, just because, again, this has the depth of a paddling Remington in terms of story and plot, so we're never really going to see the, like, the inner workings of their Umaru-chan's family life, which I'm okay with, because I don't want to have to sit through another couple episodes of this alone, and God help me if I ever have to watch season two, which there is a season two, by the way. This is the first time that I can understand a season two existing. Really? It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, because it's just a nice little slice of life that you see them all going about, and you can just continue on to those non-adventures. Uh, th this seems like a really good show to just watch in the background. But, you know, so far we haven't really touched upon what I actually enjoy about the show, because, yeah, it, it's cute and it has some nice elements, uh, but obviously neither of the main characters are really the reasons, the reasons that I enjoyed it. See, Sean, for me, this is going to be a bit contradictory to what we've said so far. I really enjoyed the details in this anime. You enjoyed the details in an anime that has literally no plot and, like, next to no actual details. See, and at first glance, it seems exactly that. Sean, you know that I'm a fan of overthinking things. That is the way that I live my life. Yeah. It's gotten you into a lot of trouble as well, if I recall correctly. That is accurate information, but I think it came in handy here. You see, because all of the details in Himoto Umaru-chan, they existed, they were polished, they had actual genuine thought put into them. You can see this every time they bring into a different media in, whether it's uh, Umaru watching a horror movie or playing a game or reading a manga. They put some thought and polish into recreating 
that experience often in a semi-satirical way. And so just the fact that thought has been genuinely put into that, I can really appreciate it. They didn't ignore the details, they put actual effort and work into them. I... I never expected a deep discussion on plot in a show that has literally no plot. <laughs> and you, you know, the plot, it's still, it's, if you're looking for plot, if you're looking for deep story, this is not it. Though, uh, this will come as even further surprise, I actually found uh, a bit of a moral message in, in this anime. Morals? Yes, I, I found a borderline philosophical message, Sean. Philosophical morals in my moe shit anime? <laughs> and to surprise you even further, I think that it's deliberate. I don't think it's just me overreaching and overthinking much. I think the writers intended this. Oh my god. If they did, and you're just now coming across this, they're probably just in the, rolling over in their beds just crying tears of joy and if not they're just going to be like oh yeah no we totally meant that <laughs> all right so uh with that preamble let me explain what i think that i found and what i quite enjoyed i exaggerated a little bit but i do find it genuinely interesting one of the major themes of this anime have been perception and throughout as each character is introduced we see their perception of the world and even further how they perceive others perceiving them and i find that to be a super interesting idea not just how we look at the world but how we look at others looking at us that's super interesting and i found it very intriguing to watch how all of these different characters analyzed that element and the fact that special care was put into differentiating all of them in unique ways makes me think that this was deliberate they obviously didn't go super deep into this because that's not the point of the anime but i still think it's something that they considered and something that they included in there yeah because like, sitting through here and watching it with you again, and you pointing this stuff out, I actually started to notice it too. Because the first thing that we're greeted with in episode one is this perfect example of a high school student, how everybody sees her as just the most perfect beauty, uh, smartest girl, good at sports, all that stuff. Just general great person. And then the second she walks through the door, she transforms into a chibi gremlin monstrosity. Yeah. Which, by the way, terrified me the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Because it is a very disjarring uh, transformation. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in the overall world of things, she hasn't actually physically changed. It's just our perception and the brother's perception, for example, of what's going on. And the contrast between her outside face, as she puts it, which is, you know, serene and perfect, versus her inside, you know, bratty child face, which apparently is her real self, which is also a monstrosity that I wish people would stop acting like that way in real life, but what can I do about that? I mean, if you can act that way and still ace all of your tests, be ridiculously talented at sports and piano, have everyone love you because you act quite kind and sincere towards others, then maybe that's an okay way to live. If you can demonstrate a positive moral, ethical, as well as talentful life, while at the same time making yourself happy, isn't that the goal? I guess, 
but it feels like she's cheating, Remington. <laughs> and I think that 100% they have taken her to the extreme in both regards. And one of the things that you brought up while we were watching is that doesn't seem realistic. But I don't think that that's the point. I think they wanted an exaggerated mess. I think that at every turn, Hamoto Umaru-chan wanted to be absurd and ridiculous and extreme in all of these different ways. It wasn't that way because it overlooked the nuance. It's that way because it deliberately chose to be. Wow. Okay. Um... I was not expecting this deep of a discussion over a fluffy moe anime, Remington. Neither was I. Uh, so, before we finish up, let's touch on some of the other characters, because of course. it's not just the brother and Umaru-chan. Funnily enough, I can't remember the brother's name. Uh, yeah, they just call him brother all throughout, yeah. so I, yeah. I'm not sure of his name either. He's the big brother. He's labeled as the big brother. Even people who are not related to him call him the big brother. Which brings us to what uh, the first alternate character we're introduced to, Ebina-chan. Yep. She was probably my second least favorite character after the brother. Yeah. Where she wasn't nearly as bad, but she wasn't super interesting. She played the the clumsy, flawed friend. Yes, which every perfect friend needs to show a bit of contrast. That's why I keep you around, Sean. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I'm just going to go over there and cry into my pillow now. I love you so much, Sean. I don't think that's true. But yeah, so you got Ebony-chan, and if we're applying your uh, perception theory to her, it shows her as of course this uh, very uh, ditzy clumsy girl but on the inside she's just a nervous wreck uh, because she comes from a rural part of japan and she wants to fit in with all the rest of the people and such and she doesn't she's very self-conscious about her uh, countryside coming out yeah so even though everyone is actually looking at her because as it turns out she has big boobs which thankfully was the only really sexual thing about this anime everyone's just looking at her for her big boobs but she is super self-conscious that it's for a myriad of other reasons, and mm. she's very concerned about it. Sounds like actual high school, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. See, and that touches on another thing. When talking about young adults, young adults are so hyper-aware about what others are thinking, but it often comes through a disjointed lens where we are not accurately perceiving how others see us. Rather, we're perceiving the worst form of how others perceive us. Yeah, that's how we first met, actually, Remington. It's true. Yeah, I was standing in the hallway in high school. I was clutching my book bag, wearing my mini skirt, and uh, <laughs> the second you walked through the door, I was like, oh, I hope he notices me. <laughs> Turns out I was the older one, and uh, you were just uh, hanging around. Who knew? Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about uh, another character. Uh, Motoba-chan, then. Yes, uh, Motoba. Uh, she she may be my favorite character. She may be number one for I'd, me. I'd have to agree with you on that, just because she is probably the most absurd, but she also is the most reasonable, I suppose you could say. Like, she's she comes off as the most extreme uh, mm -hmm. at first, but then you kind of get into it and you realize, oh, she's just even more awkward than the rest of them combined. Yeah, they try and make her so terrifying and menacing, but then it shows that she's as awkward as everybody else. As is just the message of life. No matter if they seem perfect, if they seem clumsy, if they seem terrifying, or, as we'll talk about just in a moment, if they seem like an attention whore, 
everybody is just cripplingly awkward on the inside. Exactly. And Motoba is probably the most interesting, because I mentioned in the first part that she uh, comes across Umaru in her home form and doesn't recognize her at all. Yeah, she assumes that Umaru is Umaru's little sister because she doesn't recognize her. Which makes sense to us as a viewer because she's in her little tiny gremlin form versus her perfect form. But in the grand scheme of things, they look identical through the real world lens, as it were. Yeah, besides wearing her little hamster cowl that she does, it's still the same person. Then again, that is a theme that shows up in all media everywhere forever. At least they gave us the honor of showing her different rather than just taping on a mustache and pretending it's a different person. Yeah, no, that, that was also how I ended up meeting you, Remington. <laughs> yeah, after the first attempt didn't yeah. work. Yeah, it's a little it's a little convoluted from time to time, but that's okay. We eventually met up, and then we became the best of friends and possibly romantically involved. Of course. And then there is one more girl. We didn't see her too much, uh, but we saw her briefly. Uh, Silfan? I forget her name exactly, mostly because in the show she was the most annoying thing to me. She was the blue one. She was the blue one. The one who blatantly broke every school uniform rule and nobody said a goddamn thing about it. Which is interesting how you didn't have Umaru break the school uniform because she's the main character and she has to look interesting. Instead, you had a tertiary character break the school uniform. We didn't even delve really far into it. And I found that to be a refreshing change of pace from uh, the other three we've seen, which you've been immediately able able to identify the main characters this one did a lot better of a job making the main characters more normal yeah no definitely because it's supposed to have a slice of life thing and uh blue chick is all obviously uh out of place if we had watched one more episode you would have gotten an episode about her specifically uh, that takes place in an arcade and uh a street fighter competition they don't call it street fighter of but course. you look at it and it's like I'm pretty sure that's Street Fighter. <laughs> Some good old legally different Street Fighter. Yeah, you get a lot of that in anime, and sometimes the uh, parodies are just as funny as the concept of throwing these popular places in. So shall we uh, get into our final thoughts? Uh, I think we might have to, which, oddly enough, I wasn't expecting to take this route. I keep saying that, but that's just how shocked I am that oh, this yeah. took this route. Because you look at Himoto Umaru-chan... And you think to yourself, okay, this is a moe anime, alright, so it probably has some good comedy, maybe a couple jokes that make you burst out laughing occasionally. It doesn't. Uh, but, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's shallow, it's fluff, it'll just be like, eh, alright, whatever, or you'll just really dislike it. Uh, like I did, sitting alone watching it. But after watching three episodes with a friend, and talking about possible underlying things... I'd be willing to watch more episodes as long as I have a friend with me. God forbid you try to make me watch this alone, though. <laughs> You'd have to hold a gun to my head, and I'd have... Oh, God. So you'd say it's a decent social experience. It's a social experience at best. <laughs> and I'm never watching so, season so you, two. So you still, you still dislike it, but you dislike it less. Yes, I can understand better why people like it. And your opinions on it have altered mine, which is the biggest surprising factor, I feel. Yep. For my final thoughts, 
I think Hamoto Omaru-chan has everything that I have been complaining about since day one of this podcast, but somehow I still enjoyed it. And I think the most important reason is because it knows what it is. It has the self-awareness and it actually put some thought and effort into what it was. And those qualities ultimately, for me, are some of the most important ones out there. And so I had some stupid laughs quite often and I enjoyed it and I was charmed by it and I found there to be some really interesting and well done elements to it. Now I don't think that it's something that I would binge watch casually but if somebody invited me to watch more I'd be more than willing. Which is shocking. Like I agree. I did not anticipate. I thought that I was going to hate this even more than you because consistently I have been far more negative as to be anticipated. Mm-hmm. This time, it just wasn't the case. Remington, I hate to break it to you, but you, you're into Moe, man. As it turns out, I mean, I loved the intro, which was all Moe, and I every time they had the intro, I lost my shit. Well, man, welcome to the trash anime fan. <laughs> I've made it. I've arrived. So, I mean, that, that means we could just wrap up the podcast and I don't have to subject myself to any more terrible anime, right? Oh, you are not that lucky. Damn. All right, Remington, one final question for you. Would you like to go watch a couple more episodes? You know what, Sean? Surprisingly, I think so. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys would like to send us a comment, question, suggestion, or provide any feedback whatsoever, then you can hit us up at animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you very much, and I hope you all have an excellent evening, night, 